0: This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. Hey everyone, welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. This is the show that gives you the information you need to make your next move a great one. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and today I'm sitting down with Brie from Brie Organized. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the importance of home staging when it comes to selling your house. So Brie, thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for having me.
0: So real quick, tell us a little bit about what you do and a little bit about Brie Organized.
1: I help clients in the greater Philadelphia area prepare yeah, their homes to sell by organizing, packing, and f- occupied staging, or as I like to refer to it, fluffing their home.
0: So I'm interested a little bit about your merchandising background and how you've been able to bring that to your, your organization business and your staging.
1: So, full background, um, I went to school for fashion merchandising at FIT, which is the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. Okay. So one of the best fashion schools in the world. Um, It was a great experience. I learned a lot about merchandising and also the business side of things. So Mm -hmm. after I came out of school, I pursued a career in merchandising. And I had a couple jobs, um, and I learned a lot along the way. Mm -hmm. And from those jobs, I started having clients of the store asked me to come to their homes and help them put together outfits and curate things in their homes so when i would go into their closets i'd kind of look around i'd be like so there's some potential here i just started organizing clients closets unintentionally like i did not i did not set out to do this Mm -hmm um and people would start referring me and I would tell these clients that this isn't what I do like I'm not an organizer please stop giving my number to your (laughs) random friends (laughs) and it just kept happening um and I was doing it on the side and it was it was excellent and I loved working with each client one-on-one and really tailoring things to them Mm -hmm. and it got to the point that I looked at it and I said you know My goal in life was always to love what I do, have fun, and I really like helping people. So I keep getting these calls. Why am I not doing this full time? So I did end up branching out and starting Organized a few years ago. Um, And from that, I had clients and friends who were talking to me and they're like, Bree, you're such a great merchandiser. You can visually sell clothing. Mm -hmm. You can visually sell homes too. Um, And that's when I started helping people organize and prepare their homes to sell by organizing and occupied staging, or I call it home fluffing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. So we have the non-occupied and occupied staging. So as in real estate, you know, it staging is very, it's very obvious when you have a vacant house and you want to fill it up with stuff and so people can picture themselves living there. Um, you know, and I think a lot, I, I think the companies that are best at this would be the new home builders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they have outside companies or inside people who do this, but you know, I'm thinking like the people who put together the model homes, yeah. like it's, it's amazing. And you can tell these people are really good at what they do. Um, however, for your average home seller, it's probably not going to be worth the amount of money and time and resources that are put into these new home developments, uh, for the house that they're selling. Plus they're living there. Yeah. The majority of, of people, at least in this area, if they're, you know, they're selling their house to move to another place, they're Mm -hmm. living in the house until it sells. So I want to hear a little bit about the difference between the approach when you're looking at a occupied staging and as compared to a non-occupied staging.
1: Okay. So The first thing I always do is always have solid communication with the real estate agent Mm -hmm. because this is really going to set up our timeline of events. Um, So the first question I ask, I like to meet with the agent or talk with the agent as well as the homeowner and just ask what their ideal time frame is to list this home because that's going to then lead to when photos are taken, which is where I come in. So I can't be In the house, the day before photos are taken, running around, still needing to get throw pillows that exactly match the rug that they have. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is super critical. That's usually the first place we start. Um, I do not—I shouldn't say I do not. I have, (laughs) but I prefer not to do unoccupied staging. Um, Mm -hmm. The house needs to have furniture in it, I think, to really present well in photos, um, so I choose to work with occupied tenants. And I'm sure it,
0: the type of furniture matters because you, if you walk into a house and you can tell that the furniture is purely decorative, you're not going to get that feeling like, Oh, I want to live here. Yeah. You know, it's like, be like walking through a department store or something like that where everything's, even if it's real, even if it's just decorative, like I feel like people can get that sense that this isn't really some place where they can live in.
1: Yeah, So, and that's something I stress to my clients is that you're still living in this home Mm -hmm. until settlement day. It is still your home, and you have to be comfortable in it. So I'm not going to rip everything out from under you and be like, put this all in a storage unit, and let's bring in all new furniture. Um, I think it's important to have that cozy feeling. Nobody wants to come into a sterile home and feel like they can't touch anything. You want it to be a warm, welcoming environment, but still be a little bit more on the Generic side, I'd say. Yeah. Um. So that way, it appeals more to the masses. Or
0: non-personal. So that's yes. something agents usually. A lot of agents will say when they they go in, they'll say depersonalize. Yeah. Um. As much as possible. Uh. You know. Um. <sighs> photos and degrees and stuff. Like people want to f- people want to walk into a room and feel like they can make it theirs. Not that they're walking into someone else's.
1: Exactly. And that's something. I typically will handle for my agents because sometimes I think it can be a really touchy subject for some people. And I know some sellers feel like, well, this is my home right? and you're taking things away from me. And the agent absolutely does not want to do that. They're just trying to show your home in the best light. Mm-hmm. And if you have family photos and your degree and Hopefully not, but political stances <laughs> and sports stances. Right. Like, so that that can be a big thing. Like I definitely I had a home one time where he was a big Eagles fan. Yeah. Nothing against it, like go birds. But we wanted to kind of take that man cave down a notch or two and make it feel like it could be more versatile. If it was a young family that wanted an additional room as a playroom, um, having multi purpose rooms always appears better than just being an eagles dedicated room right
0: well i mean and that's like the least that and and that would be like the least concerning i mean i can think of like i won't name them but three or four other teams (laughs) where if it it was it's like you got to get this stuff out it won't sell in this area (laughs)
1: yeah so there i mean there's been a lot of instances like that whether it's you know religious shrines or hunting rooms there's a lot of things that i can kind of talk through with my clients and it's not it's not about depersonalizing their home to make them feel like it isn't their home but it's Mm -hmm. about inviting every potential buyer in because we don't want your hunting room to turn off a potential vegan that left the outside of your house. So so it's like these small details that you don't don't think of because you're living in your home every day um, that you're not thinking about changing Mm -hmm. before you sell. Um, And I think a lot of people also feel sometimes like their agent is doing things on purpose to them, but really the agent is there to protect their investment. Mm And try to give them the largest return on their investment, which is calling me and helping them stage. Mm -hmm. That is what they're trying to achieve.
0: Well, and a lot of times an agent, you know, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell agents like you don't really want to be the bad guy. Yeah. So if you don't have great news, like bring in someone else to deliver it.
1: (laughs) And also it's like. If I go to my primary care doctor and I'm like, this molar hurts in the back. Like, can you take a look at it? They're going to send me to the specialist. Mm -hmm. So I'm obviously going to go to a dentist at that point. So if you don't know everything, it's better to ask for help than regret it later on. Mm -hmm. So usually the agent is trying to give you the best opportunity. And just like anything, you know, a group of professionals like we are, We're obviously going to have real estate agents that we know and people in the mortgage industry. But then it comes to, okay, when you're getting your house ready to list, do we have a good photographer? Do we have a good organizer, stager? Do we have a good handyman? All of these things that you don't think of. Nobody thinks about, you know, what power washer am I going to use to do the outside of my house before I list? Mm -hmm. So these are important steps before you're actually listing your house to make it appear as – desirable as possible
0: right so you don't have to call anyone out but (laughs) have you ever gone to an open house looked at a you know went to a showing or just saw photos of a house for sale online and you winced a little bit (laughs) what are some of the mistakes that you think that sellers or organizers or stagers are making uh, what are some of the things that pop out that you're like man I, i wish i could just adjust that
1: so my biggest pet peeve, and a lot of people know this, are cords. Okay. I cannot stand when I look at a photo and I see cords hanging out everywhere, hanging out from behind a nightstand to plug in a lamp. These small little things are so apparent because typically a wall is painted a light color mm-hmm. and then the cord is black on top of it. And I feel like my eye goes directly to that instead of looking around the whole room. So small placement to me is something that's really important. I like to... Think about where the camera angle is going to be Mm -hmm. and then think about drawing the eye all the way around the room and not stopping on one specific thing. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times people are looking at the big picture and not honing in on those small details and recognizing that it may throw someone off, something so small, like walking into a room during an open house and that diaper genie being right in front of you. <laughs> the smell might throw you off a little bit. Right. But there's little things that we talk about in staging consultations that really make a big difference. Just opening up your blinds, closing the toilet seat lid, small things make a huge difference. And I think a lot of people overlook those small elements. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve. Um, I think a lot of people overlook the fact that not everyone is going to have the same taste as you and that's okay but we want it to appear as friendly as possible and Mm -hmm. not hone in on one specific style Um, but a lot of people do have their homes specifically decorated for them and I've heard a lot of people talking about The fact that sometimes the buyers actually want to purchase some of the furniture in the home because we've staged it so nicely Oh yeah, that they're interested in this particular piece. And it could just be, you know, moving it around in the room that makes such a huge difference.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you approach staging from a visual standpoint versus a functional standpoint? Um, We were talking a little bit before, like, are we just staging for the photos or is there more to it than that?
1: There's a lot more to it. That's where the organizing side comes in. Mm -hmm. So for somebody selling their home, I'm not gonna come in and say, wow, this closet's great. Let's spend $3,000 on containers so that way you can move out. (laughs) No, we're not gonna do that. We're we're gonna start from the basic approach and it really stems from packing. So a lot of my clients laugh when I say, just start packing, just Mm -hmm. start packing. But the less you see in photos, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of times we start packing initially and just downsizing things. Um, and it's really not about putting labels on and making everything organized and functional at that home. We're trying to get them downsized, purge anything that they no longer need when moving, um, and really make it look more aesthetically pleasing to the Mm -hmm. potential buyer now when they move into their new home obviously that's when we're going to unpack everything and create a system around that particular home but we don't need to do that in the home that they're selling this tends to be an issue the first time i meet with clients for our first consult and walkthrough and they think they have prepared for brie and they've (laughs) done everything right And I open the first closet, and things come tumbling out onto me. (laughs) And I look at them, and I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, we're preparing for pictures, right? And I said, absolutely. But after that, you're going to have showings. yeah. And people do buy the closets, and they buy the cabinets, and they buy the sinks with the storage underneath. So we're going to need to make it look like you have room. yeah. Um, So a lot of people think that they're preparing really well and, and shoving everything away. However people do come in and look through your entire house when they purchase it. They're looking in every nook and cranny and you want it to look like there's a lot of storage space. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when they're taking photos the week before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we, should, we could do a whole, ar- a whole podcast arguing about IKEA because I love IKEA.
1: I have a love-hate. I do a lot of their closet systems. What's your opinion?
0: I love I love the price. Mm-hmm. I feel like compared to other cheap furniture, like something you would buy at Walmart or Target, yes, the equi- the quality is great. Yes, um, I also love the showroom and the catalog. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to get too creative. Yeah, you don't have to like. And I I don't know how to organize or look make things look good or decorate <laughs> okay. at all. And it's like, I don't have to worry about that with IKEA. Everything sort of goes with each other.
1: When I think like there's so many possibilities too now with social media, people give you so many ideas. Yeah. Like you don't have to look far to find inspiration for that.
0: Right. And see, I get frustrated when there's like not the perfect IKEA. Like,
1: there's thing so many that I hacks need. though to change it. Like, even when I install closets, mm-hmm. I have contractors do it, I don't do it. Right. But, I will make modifications, and then I'll have them trim it all out and make mm-hmm. it look beautiful like a built-in closet system. But it's on a budget, right? So it looks beautiful, but it's very easy to customize. And even after I leave, if the client's like, "Oh, I don't love you know the height of this shelf," you can change it very easily, right? You now,
0: now I've the other thing too is like I haven't spent a lot of time at the container store, mm-hmm. but I've never I've never seen anything like they've never impressed me for some okay. reason like just as far as like organi- organizational stuff like either it it just looks
1: like uh, sterile
0: it looks sterile it, it, it yeah it doesn't look good and yeah. it's not as functional as it should be for as not good looking as it is you know what I mean yeah. I feel like it should yeah. be it's it's it should either be more functional or look better. So I would rather go to Ikea and try to find a system or build a system that I would that I could yeah. use than go to like a container store, which is like more expensive, and... I'm not a fan.
1: <laughs> I like their closet systems are for specific people and they're not me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they're extremely overpriced. Yeah. You can find similar systems at Home Depot and Lowe's. Mm -hmm. Granted, I still have a lot of people who have them and who ask me to get extra parts and move things around. And they want to keep that system, which I totally respect. But they are extremely overpriced when I could build you a beautiful IKEA closet Mm -hmm. for the same or less than with a carpenter coming in trimming it out making it look amazing right um so to me i just don't i don't think it's worth the money but i do like the store Mm -hmm. as a professional okay shopping for myself you can go online and find things when i'm in a pinch though i have a client who i'm like oh gosh tomorrow i need five baskets that are exactly this size Mm -hmm. and i need to find them today It's great to run up to the container store and find exactly what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times there are also alternatives at Target and Bed Bath & Beyond and even Lowe's and Home Depot. They Mm -hmm. have aisles that nobody ever looks in, but they do have things there.
0: Right. Well, and I know where those aisles are because I spend a lot of time in Home Depot. (laughs) But they don't like – it's not like – It's not exciting. they, They set it up. But you could tell it's not set up by yeah. someone who is trying to sell you the system. Yeah. Like you have to know how you want to set it up because it's just like they throw it up on the wall and they're like, this is a system. And you're yeah. kind of like, you know, if I use my imagination and like I can see how this could be useful, but they just they just throw it up yeah. there and there's pictures and like they don't they don't like actually state or merchandise the system. Because the
1: merchandisers that are doing it are just given there's like these sheets typically for large-scale stores where they're wanting every single store to look the same and you have hundreds and thousands across the country, Mm -hmm. the only way for you to do that is to literally, they have these places where they merchandise everything in like a big warehouse. Mm -hmm. And like they'll take photos and they send these diagrams.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, They send these like diagrams to the merchandisers. And a lot of times, depending on the company, the company might have... Merchandise are specifically for their brand that will go to multiple stores. Mm-hmm. So for them to be able to execute the same thing, it can't be it can't be rocket science. You know what I right. mean? Like they're right. given like, here's what it's supposed to look like. Good luck. And a lot of times, it's just like retail associates too that'll end up being the ones to execute. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have someone overseeing them. It's like a lot of smaller retailers that. Put the time and dollar behind their merchandising that mm-hmm. have these great visuals like mm-hmm. when you think of anthropology i
0: don't know if you yeah i remember that them. store yeah 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 it's like a so it's like a woman's it's like urban outfitters yeah, for so women it's,
1: it's the same brand so right. that brand urban um out of philly they have great merchandising they put a lot of money behind it every store has a team of merchandisers in it,
0: right? And I've heard about staff. that. Yeah, like, yeah, the creative like, director is very
1: yeah. It's involved. it's rare because it is so expensive, mm-hmm. and that's why their clothing is more expensive because mm-hmm. they put all of that behind it. Like they do a really good job marketing and right. And showing off their products
0: yeah urban outfitters and anthropology was huge when i was in i would say right after college so let's just say 15 <laughs> years ago
1: yeah
0: yeah it's not let's not date it too much um so yeah so i remember they were huge i didn't know i guess they're still around and still doing things i think yeah. they're still at the king of Mall. wall um, yeah they are my issue was i never knew what was decoration and what was like for sale yeah it's and definitely everything interesting great, yeah and then it just came down to like i it's like i don't know like I get how, like, I love how cool this is. I can't spend that much money yeah. on it. So,
1: they definitely. I know actually know uh, one of the guys who does the woodworking for their store. So, mm-hmm. like those beautiful big round tables that are just like solid wood. Yeah, things like that. Like I've talked to him. Like, oh, did you make this in this <laughs> store? I'll like take a picture and send it to him, and he can tell me the details about it. But like you know, their displays are not inexpensive in themselves. Like right. they're not someone using an ikea billy bookcase to to show their products right
0: right well even where like i remember i was a literature major back in college and i remember going through their store and i was like oh like i like i kind of got the intellectual like where they were going with it and i was like this is actually pretty impressive the themes and different things that they're they're adding in here and stuff you could tell there was someone behind that
1: yeah they're really good at that have you ever been to terrain terrain There's a couple of them now. There's the restaurant? more than a couple. It's a restaurant but it's in like a garden center.
0: Yes. Yes, I have been to so one. So
1: they're owned by Urban.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: I don't know if you knew this. So like the owners of Urban, they I think that they still live in like Chad'sford somewhere somewhere over there. Okay. Um like a big farm and the wife was really into gardening and cultivating the land because they owned a huge property right? and so that's how it started it it was what did that it was a nursery I grew up in that area and it was a nursery until I remember it being Mm -hmm. bought by them and so they had that one first. There's, like, another one in Devon. There's a ton of them now. Right. It's, like, a huge thing. But it was just one because it was, like, her passion project. Right, right. But it's the same concept, and it's super interesting. So that was like, probably
0: the first one, the Glenn Mills one, mm-hmm. because that's what yeah, I've been to. yeah.
1: It's cool. I don't know, like, if you've ever walked around there, if you're into outdoors. Right. Like, and that I kind of stuff. I think we did,
0: but we were running late for our reservations or okay. for our time. And so we went afterwards, but it was, like, it was dark, which was yeah. cool because it was so like let, lit up, and it was like great to walk around. But I didn't really—I don't know if we were really yeah. able to see everything. So yeah.
1: it's a cool place. I go there just for like inspiration. Yeah, I can't <laughs> can't afford everything there. To say like
0: what, you get like a cup of coffee and a bowl of soup or something because like
1: yeah, and then like you walk around the whole store. Oh my gosh, I, I would have to sell my house if I wanted to buy too much there. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Yeah, so, here's a question I'm curious about. Philosophically, when is it like when do you organize and when do you purge?
1: So that's really when you hire a professional. If Mm -hmm. you're not sure whether you need to keep something or not, you need to call me. (laughs) Because a lot of times it ends up, I sit down with my clients and I charge hourly because of that very reason. They're looking at all of these things and they're feeling really overwhelmed. And a lot of times it just takes time to sit down and talk to them and see what their end goal is. Mm -hmm. Because after that, we can really nail down, okay, this is our end goal. Do we need this item? Is this cup making a difference in your life? And is this helping you reach your end goal? Mm -hmm. And that's why I like the hourly approach. It lets people feel comfortable. They have time to think about it. Discuss their goals with me and we can Mm -hmm. go through each thing. Um, When you're moving, I'm a little bit tougher (laughs) because there is a timeline. Um, But a lot of times I, I talk to people about where they're moving and again, still that end goal. So if you're downsizing and you've lived in your home 30, 40 years we're probably going to have to get rid of a good amount of things versus if you're a growing family and you're going from a townhouse to a 3,500 square foot house, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a big difference there.
0: Yeah. So there was a very popular book, which turned into a Netflix series Mm -hmm. about the joy of tidying up. And I, I read a portion I think I read that book and I feel like she kind of came out a little heavy against organizers in general
1: so there's two. Are you talking about the duo or the the one? The one. That particular person, I actually had multiple text messages and phone calls in the past. I forget when it was. I think it was like two weeks ago. Okay. Many clients were reaching out to me because she, she came out with she a new statement. She backtracked on mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. She did. So this is something I've been telling my clients since I started organizing was that you don't need to be perfect all the time. Mm -hmm. You just need to have systems in place that you can achieve that perfection when you need to. Mm -hmm. So if we create a system, it has to be easy for you to replicate. Mm -hmm. So as soon as we do that system and I make it all a mess again and say, okay, put it all back. You know where everything goes. It should be easy. She was of a different mindset and... I think most American households tend to be the polar opposite of what she wanted Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: many Americans consume a lot and continue to consume and don't ever stop consuming and they just will never be minimalist. Mm -hmm. So I fall somewhere in between where I think it's important to love the items that you have and that they serve a purpose but I think that most of my clients... Actually, all of my clients will never be minimalist. It's just not realistic in the world that we live in. Um, So, I don't like to push any ideas on people and I never make people get rid of anything. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it comes to their ideas. Right. And I had a client the other day who said, Brie, this is, I think it was our third or fourth session together. And she said, Brie, do you remember what I was like the first session? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> and she was like, can you believe I just got rid of that? I was like, I'm so proud of you. And she said to me, you know, I really feel like my whole mindset has changed. Once mm-hmm. I set those goals with you and you're coming back and you're holding me accountable for those goals, I feel like a, a totally different person organizing wise. Um, and that was good to hear because that is the goal that we're setting is to change your mindset and make your life just a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, it's just about making your life a little bit easier, whether it's organizing your home, preparing your home to sell. You know, there's a lot of different aspects that you need to deal with when preparing your home and to sell and it's just, if I can make your life a little bit easier, mm-hmm. then that's worth it.
0: That's awesome. So what's the best way people can get a hold of you?
1: So typically, People find me online, so you can go to my website, briorganized, B-R-I-organized.com. Um, There's contact form there, my phone number is there, my email is there. Um, most people reach out that way. A lot of people like to view my social media just to see some current projects. I get a lot of direct messages on social <laughs> media. Give me time. Yeah. for that. I know you personally know it takes me a minute to get back on there. <laughs> um, but most people reach out that way. Um, if you're preparing your home to sell, definitely talk with your agent because a lot of agents um, work with me during the initial consults. So that way we're on the same page. Um, and from there, after the initial consult, we get a game plan together and we take off running. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. Serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found.